From CPR News and KRCC, this is Colorado Matters. Today, a show recorded entirely at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility with prisoners who also produce radio. Are either of you motivated to be better because of the crimes you committed? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Is absolutely. that part of the picture? That's absolutely. the main, that's that the main, the main reason. reason we do this. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that? Serving the 18-year sentence that I'm serving, I don't want to be stuck in a cage. I don't want to be stuck in a mindset that says, I am my crime. I don't want to sit there and see my victim say that I didn't do anything while I was behind these bars. So I take every opportunity to sit here and better myself. And this radio station has opened up so many doors. Your membership does more than fund the news and music you rely on. It helps build a statewide community through shared experiences. Your gift means culture can be explored. It means stories can be told from the Western Slope, the Eastern Plains, and from up and down the Front Range. CPR can serve your community and other communities across Colorado because of your support. Thank you. Not a member yet? Join now at CPR.org. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. I'm Ryan Warner. How does someone serving a long prison sentence, even a life sentence, find meaning? That question is at the heart of today's show, which was recorded at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility, a state prison where a new radio station helps imbue a sense of purpose. What motivates me, drives me, and pushes me through my day? Listening to Inside Wire. You're listening to Inside Wire, Colorado Prison Radio. Inside Wire is actually a radio network. That is, several correctional facilities contribute programming, a mix of talk and music. You might have heard about its launch at the prison in Lyman. CPR's Elaine Tassie reported on it, but she wanted to go deeper. And hi, Elaine. Hi, Ryan. Well, tell us what your idea was, which led to today's show being recorded on a prison campus. Well, first of all, I'd like to say I see my beat at CPR News covering race, diversity, and equity as connected to people who are incarcerated. They're disproportionately people of color and people who also live in poverty. And so when I heard about this first-of-its-kind prison radio network, it fell squarely on my beat. How can people hear this station? So inmates across the state can listen to the programming on the TVs that they can purchase and have in their cells. And for the general public, you can download the Inside Wire app and tune in that way. As I mentioned, you covered the launch at a men's facility in Lyman, about an hour and a half east of Denver. Yes, that was a press tour, though. And there were a lot of reporters from all around the state. It was a really powerful experience, but it felt somewhat limited because we weren't really allowed to ask all the questions that we wanted to. The head of corrections was there, and he was telling me that he allows inmates to do this Ask Me Anything style interview with him. And I thought, what if I could sit down for an extended period of time and do that style of interview with some of them? So I arranged it through the University of Denver's Prison Arts Initiative, which does a lot of programming there. You then swung by my desk and pitched the idea to Colorado Matters, suggesting that you and I co-host an interview with two of these prisoner producers, uh, but this time at the Denver Women's Facility. 
Yeah, exactly. Because last time we had met with the guys. So I thought, why not switch it up? So we showed up at Denver Women's. We signed in at the guard station. We put our phones in a locker. We walked past several locked doors that guards had to open for us. And we were inside. Onto a yard surrounded by prison buildings. It actually kind of looked like a high school campus. We walked down a long hallway and hung a right into the Inside Wire studio, which used to be an office. And that's where we met 44-year-old Cynthia Gonzalez and 43-year-old Amber Pierce. And we didn't go in there knowing too much about them other than their names. I didn't want to know the length of their sentences or what they were in for. Not because the crimes weren't serious. You'll hear how much those crimes are weighing on them. But while we were talking to them, I didn't want to be too focused on knowing what they had done. Later, when I looked up their cases, I found out that Gonzalez is serving a life sentence without parole for felony murder, and Pierce is 12 years into an 18-year sentence for sexual exploitation of a child. That means that Amber will be free one day and Cynthia won't be. All right. So here's our discussion. CPR's Elaine Tassie and I speaking with two women at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility. So my name is Cynthia Gonzalez. I'm from Pueblo, Colorado. I've spent the past 25 years of my life, though, incarcerated. I got incarcerated when I was 18 years old. So even though I'm from Pueblo, I haven't spent very much time in there. Um, Yeah, it's a short story, really. Um, I haven't really spent much time out there, so I don't have a whole lot of life out there. But during my time in prison, I've become a mentor. Um, I believe in the fact that you need to help people in their journey through life. You need to help people become better people. I believe in programs in the facility. So, yeah, that's kind of my thing. So you've spent more time in prison than you spent outside of prison? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And can you give us an example of someone you've mentored? Yeah, I mentor Amber. Oh. In the the radio program or what? Uh, No, outside, actually outside of the radio station, she mentors me in a program called Women of Influence. Yeah, so I started a program with three other women. It's called Women of Influence. It's 31 women right now. It's the only mentoring program in the women's facility that is state-recognized. Yeah, we mentor women. Yeah. If they have issues, we just try to work them through those issues. Like what? So one of the issues Cynthia is working on me with right now is body dysmorphia. And that's where I sit there and I think right now I think I'm a lot bigger than what I look like. And I wear big clothes in that state of mind. So I think I'm fatter, like real fat. So I wear real large clothes, like 3X, 4X clothes, to hide my body image. Mm. So, and that's something that I have dealt with for 20 years, Oh, for a very long time. I actually struggle with that also. And I always feel like people are judging me because of how my body looks. And people always tell me, like, you know, you look great. Why are you so concerned? Nobody's thinking about you that way. But since the pandemic began especially, I've gotten a little chunkier through here. And I feel as though people are, that's what they think about first when they see me. Right. Do you ever think that? Absolutely. I think about that all the time. And being in a female prison... Women are cruel 
and they judge you. They women fight with their words along with their fists, and people are always judging people all the time in here. So I hide myself all the time in here, even on hot days. I wear clothes that I've had since I've been in here. They're from 2012, and you can definitely see the size, dramatic size drop from the size that I've been in since I've been here, but I'd still wear them because they're baggy. That is, you've lost weight while you've been here. Yes. But your sense of your body has not reflected that. Exactly. So you don't feel as though you're smaller than you were before, even though the clothes prove it to you. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I felt that same way too. And even like when I was at an exactly perfect weight based on what like my body fat to ratio muscle mass was, I still felt like I can't stop dieting because even though I've been told, you know, now I'm where I belong, I still felt like, well, that doesn't mean anything because I still think I look fat. Exactly. And I have people come up to me all the time, tell me you're absolutely beautiful. You don't have anything to lose. Don't change anything. But she's been helping me absolutely through everything. She's like... You need to tell yourself positive affirmations every day. Look yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself you're beautiful because you are. And believe those. Start believing them. So since Cynthia began telling you to do those positive affirmations, have you noticed that it's been helping? Yes, absolutely. I went and got new clothes for the first time in almost 12 years. A kind of acceptance of your new body. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just going to, I didn't think that we'd get this real this fast, <laughs> y'all. But I'll just say, I, I, I'm a gay man, and gay men are horrible to each other about body image. And so I have spent an entire lifetime wishing I had a different body than I do. I think the pain for me, I don't know if, if this resonates with you, Amber, is it's not that I necessarily just want to be skinnier. I just want to be built differently. Yeah. I want to have I w- I a thinner so. chest. I want to have skinnier legs. Things I actually can't achieve, I want about my body. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, because of genetics. Yeah. My genetics don't allow me to have a flatter stomach. Mm. My legs are so muscular. They're just, I mean, because I ran track in high school. I lifted weights in high school, and I still do all those things. My legs are so muscular, they're disgusting. You know, at least that's what that's I tell myself. Well, tell us more about yourself, Amber. So I was I was born here in Den, uh, in Littleton at Swedish Hospital. So, But I was raised in Texas. I just love Texas and came back here for God only knows what. But then I got myself in trouble. And here I sit on an 18-year sentence. But... That's okay. I've been down for, what is it now? 12 years? 12 years now? You've served 12 years of an 18-year sentence. Yeah. It's interesting that you turn to Cynthia. Are you keeping track of her time, (laughs) too? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because the years run together now, you know, and it's just crazy. And then the years go faster and faster with everything you do because you keep yourself busy in here. And the more you stay busy, the years run fast. It's like, what year is this? My God, what Mm. do you do with that? And staying busy, staying in this radio station, and it's like I get up, I head to my other job, which I work in the library here, and I've been in the library for over nine years, 
and I work from 7.15 to 10, and then I come in here from 10 to whenever we get out of here. We didn't leave here till 5 yesterday, so. And it's just you two? Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about the programs that you do. You were interviewing people or producing some shows or DJing music? So we're constantly in here. (laughs) We were just talking about that, how important it is to keep yourself pushed in here because you can either get in bed and wake up in the morning and go to your job of cleaning toilets and then go back to bed and that's your life. Like it's a choice, right? Or you can choose to push yourself and go to programs and go to classes and better yourself, right? It's about choices. It's about challenging yourself on a daily basis. Challenging yourself and pushing yourself to do better for yourself and for others, you know? Are either of you motivated to do that, to be better? Absolutely. Because of the crimes you committed. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Is that absolutely. part of the picture? That's absolutely. the main, that's that is the main, the main reason. reason we do this. That is the main reason we do this. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that? So serving the 18-year sentence that I'm serving, I don't want to be stuck in a cage. I don't want to be stuck in here in a mindset that says, I am my crime. I don't want to sit there and see my victim say that I didn't do anything while I was behind these bars. So I take every opportunity to sit here and better myself. And this radio station has opened up so many doors for me to be able to be a voice for that, to be able to sit there and turn around and give back to my community, to give back to these ladies in here that don't have a voice and say that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Cynthia? Yeah, Yeah, for me, um, I'm in here for a felony murder charge. I have a life without parole sentence. Obviously, somebody in my case died. They passed away. Felony murder, for those who don't know, is that you didn't pull a trigger, but you were there. There. Yes, Yes, but in the eyes of the law, it still makes me just as guilty. And I do. I take atonement for the fact that somebody died. And in the wake of that, I have left so many victims behind. You know, um, there's the victim's family. And every day I wake up and I think about that family and how I left a huge hole in their life. And they wake up every day and they have to live their life without that man in their life. You know, and so I continue to live my life trying to be a better person. And in the wake of that, I have to help other people be better people. There are so many women who come in here and they are so damaged from the people that they were out there. Like we come in here so broken because we were just a mess out there. Either it was because we were in abusive relationships or because we were addicted to drugs. Yeah, addicted or, to drugs. Mm-hmm. And so how do we figure out how to be better people? We, we do it because we get involved in programs or we mentor each other. We have to help each other because we have to atone for the victims that we left behind. Like some of us are really about that and some of us ain't. And me and Amber, we just choose to be about that. Cynthia, it occurred to me that you, as a mentor, are being something that maybe you didn't have 
when oh, you were a kid. Yeah. Is That's it possible? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cynthia Gonzalez and Amber Pierce join us, producers for Inside Wire Colorado Prison Radio. CPR's Elaine Tassi and I met them at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility for an interview in which we could ask them anything and vice versa. When we come back, Elaine asks if they hope people affected by their crimes hear their programming. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News. look at him like a shooting star. Jim Belushi talks about his brother John and overcoming loss on a new episode of Back From Broken. When you see a shooting star, you go, oh, and then it's gone. It's like magic, right? And I look at John as that shooting star. Listen to Back From Broken, a show about recovery, wherever you get your podcasts. With support from Lift the Label. Today's show was recorded at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility, where we met two producers for a statewide prison radio station. Amber Pierce and Cynthia Gonzalez are both serving lengthy sentences. My co-host this hour is CPR's Elaine Tassi. Have you guys thought about the opportunity for your victims to possibly hear you all on the radio? And do you think of maybe expressing your feelings about the crime with the hope that they'll hear you? So for me personally, like, I would love for my um, victims to know, my victim's family to know how my thoughts and how sorry I am and how I feel. I know that we can't reach out to our victim's family. Like, we don't have that right. They don't let us do that. Like, we could write a letter and we could send it to this bank and it, it would just sit there. So the only way that we can have any kind of avenue would be this way, you know, so... Yeah, absolutely. I would I would love for them to know how I feel and how I think about them and how I don't stop thinking about them. And I wake up every morning and I think about them and I pray for them. I will forever be impacted by this and that I will never change, you know, that my life is in forever in debt for what I did and that I'm not the same person that I that I was when I was 18 years old. Like I'm I'm a grown woman now and I'm just um like I'm sorry. You know, and um, of course I would want them to know that. But you don't know that they've heard something. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, uh-huh. Amber, same question? Yeah, I'm definitely want my victim to know that that I'm sorry for the pain that she went through. The pain that she still goes through, Um, the heartache, all of it, everything that she has to live with every day of her life. But I know that I am not the same person that that I was when I came in 12 years ago, okay? I know that I'm not who I was, that I have changed, that I am rehabilitating and that I will continue to change 
not only for the better, but for, for her as well. I realize we've asked so many of the questions so far, and I guess part of the deal is that we would let you ask us things. Exactly, and it turns out that we're not even asking questions that we came here prepared to ask. (laughs) We looked at our script once. I looked at it once, but I haven't asked anything off of here, because we've just been coming up with our own freestyle. But why don't you guys go ahead and ask us something? Of course, for the residents of so you're pointing i just want to say you're pointing out of the window and and what we can see is the yard yes there are correctional officers there was a dog earlier yes okay was that the dog team the dog team because they train dogs correct on the complex and it's a pretty sunny day it's pretty cold out and you know so we're looking out this window from your studio which has the soundproofing and your your mics and your mic screens look better than ours. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Anyway, that's setting the scene. Yes. So I know for the residents of the Denver Women's Correctional Facility and the residents of all of DOC, they would love to know what made you get into radio. I got into radio because I had been a journalist working in newspapers for most of my career. And maybe 10, 15 years ago, newspapers began to shrink. In size, there were no jobs anymore, the advertising um, space was shrinking, and it was just like a dying profession. And so after my last newspaper job, I knew that I'd probably never work at another newspaper. And because I get most of my news listening to either the radio or podcasts, I really wanted to be a part of that. So when I began looking for jobs, I looked mostly for broadcast, audio broadcast jobs. I'm in radio almost by accident. I wanted to be in television, and I was for a while. I was a news anchor and reporter for an NBC station in Sioux City, Iowa. But I'll just point to one day... I was doing a story. It was a live shot, which is when you're on live to talk about, you know, breaking news. And I thought I had done such a good job because the words were flowing like water. I wasn't nervous. I said exactly what I wanted to say. I hit my post, meaning I got out on time. So it was the perfect length. And I felt like a million bucks. And I drove back to the television station, walked in the newsroom, and on everybody's face was just this expression of embarrassment and I couldn't figure out what had happened sure enough I was on camera and in the background almost like a little devil over my shoulder there was a guy who was doing this really inappropriate dance (laughs) he was basically thrusting his midsection back and forth in the background throughout the entire live shot and I thought I can't be in a medium anymore where what you look like is more important than what you say. And I can't say that that one moment was the only moment, but it confirmed for me that radio was so much more powerful and intimate because you're not distracted by whether my tie is straight or crooked. You really are focused, honed in on the voice. Absolutely. And Colorado Matters continues after a break. <laughs> 
from the Denver Women's Correctional Facility, a conversation with two of the voices behind Inside Wire, Colorado Prison Radio. My co-host this hour is CPR's Elaine Tassi. When we come back, prison visits, prison food, and how someone serving life without parole finds hope and meaning. I'm Ryan Warner, and you're with CPR News and KRCC. In the latest episode of the CPR Politics podcast, Purplish, Colorado was the first state to expand abortion access in 1967. Since then, the issue has been full of changes and developments. When I first started dealing with reproductive rights issues, it was extremely bipartisan. Find Purplish in the CPR app and everywhere you listen to podcasts. While they've been in prison, Cynthia Gonzalez and Amber Pierce have forged a strong bond. Mentor-mentee and colleagues at Inside Wire, Colorado Prison Radio. CPR's Elaine Tassi and I traveled to the Denver Women's Correctional Facility to interview them and to be interviewed by them. Let's return to the discussion. Do you get compensated in any way for your participation here? Yes. Yes. You do. And does that allow you to buy stuff at the commissary? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we actually have the commissary list sitting right behind you. Right there oh. in that folder. Can I look at it? Absolutely. You can. <laughs> yes. This is what you can buy at the commissary? Yes. And what things cost? Yep. Yes. So granola bar chocolate. How much is a chocolate granola bar? Two sixty six. That's for a box. Yep. <laughs> in a box of twelve. Oh, they have cotija cheese. What are your favorite items on the commissary list, Cynthia? Um I, I don't. I don't she know. She loves can't. the gummies. Don't let her lie to you. She oh, the, loves the, the gummy snacks. snacks. We like to make cheesecakes and stuff over here. Cheesecake. Yeah, we make yeah. A lot of cheesecakes. cheesecakes. What do you use? As um, cream, cream cheese and creamer. creamer. And for the frosting, we usually um, smash up some strawberry shortcake roll-ups and smash that in with some creamer as well, and then drizzle it over graham cracker for the crust. Yeah. What's your favorite food these days, Tassie? My favorite food? Yeah. I really like Indian food. Mm. So I've been actually buying these frozen samosas. Actually, right before I moved from Albuquerque, there was an Indian grocery store that I would go to, and I'd buy, like, a box this big with, like, 25 samosas in them. Basically, like, the size of a large donut box. But you were getting samosas. Yeah, (laughs) it would be 25 samosas in a box. It was, like, a foot and a half long. And I would just keep it in the freezer, and then I'd, like, put a couple in the stove, and then I'd put the um, mint chutney on them, and that would be my dinner. What about you? I love this food that is Armenian. It's called Jangalov Hots, and it's bread that is stuffed with, like, two pounds of greens and veggies. But when you cook it down, all the veggies condense into this flat, lovely pocket full of vegetables. Wow. You like, yeah, and samosas are like pockets. So we have this in common. Where do you get them? You can't get them in Colorado. I have to get them when I visit my friends in LA. 
Is it? I wonder if is it painful to hear about things like this on the outside? No, no? we listen to we, stuff, and, and we ask. And I'll even ask my family or my friend. She goes to Restaurant Week because you guys, you, you guys know about Restaurant Week. We just, week. I think yeah. it just ended. Yeah, yeah it just ended. It. It Restaurants just ended. offer special and plates so that you'll come in, and it's a little bit of a discounted meal, but it's like a taste of what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she always goes, and when she goes to Restaurant Week, she'll send me pictures of everything. of everything she yeah. eats all her plates everything everywhere she goes she always shares that with me and that's just kind of what she does yeah. but that doesn't make you feel upset no. that you're not able to no it makes it. me feel like I'm a part yeah how do you get it. the photos she's she J pays them to me but then you can also get photos actual photographs sent into you mm-hmm. jpay is like the communication email system yes Correct. and then things Correct. get printed out for you yeah. and delivered yes and that so is. then you kind of have a souvenir of it that you can look at whenever you want to even if you don't have access to a computer right then and there huh yes exactly what are visits yes. like do you get many visits and uh, you know we, when we walked in we saw the visiting room tassie and i was I don't know if I was surprised or pleased to learn that it's not like a visit across the glass. You actually get to sit at a table together. Yeah, they were telling us that you're not allowed to hug, but at least you can be close to somebody rather than separated. You are allowed to hug. You are allowed to hug. They are contact visits. They are. I think visiting is a very important part of being incarcerated. Um, It allows you to have support, you know, and so... You can hug at the beginning and you can hug at the end. You can kiss at the beginning and kiss at the end. Um, You can hold hands throughout your visit. Um, I get visits every weekend. I have two best friends and I have um, my sister. I've lost my parents during the course of my incarceration, so I no longer have that support. But support's important in here. You know, you need that to be okay mentally. Are there people you mentor, Cynthia, who don't get visits? Um... I don't know, but I will speak to this. So I mentor nine women in the facility. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Five Mentoring women. one person is a responsibility. Yes, nine. Because you really have to invest your time and your energy yes. to really get to know them. Five of the women that I mentor have life without parole. And it's a big thing because it's hard to instill hope into someone when they don't have it. Mm. And a lot of them just don't feel like they're ever going to walk out of here. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. And like Amber, she's motivated and she wants to wake up every day and she wants to, you know, fill herself with something to do. But it's hard to push someone to get out of bed and to find a purpose when they don't feel that within themselves. So what do you You tell someone who doesn't spend their life preparing for the day they're released? So it's like the same thing for me, right? Um, For the longest time, I was just in here and I was like, I'm just going to get up every day and I'm going to go to work and I'm just going to live my life and I'm going to try to find a life in here so I could be happy. That's kind of just what I told myself for years. I lived like that. Um, I was like, I'm just going to shut myself from the outside world and I'm not going to focus on the outside world because I'm never getting out of here. That's I lived like that for years because I was like, I'm never getting out. I never saw hope. And I think that's how a lot of the women that I mentor now, I think that that's how they believe. And I had to quit thinking like that because it's just, you can't, we need, any human being needs a hope to sustain themselves. So right? what hope do you introduce for yourself? Because it sounds like 
you have accepted the fact that you're not getting out of here. That's that's or, what changed. Yeah, so mm. that's what changed. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So what changed is um, I started getting involved in programs in the facility. When I first came into prison, they didn't have programs. Um, they didn't have mentoring programs. They didn't have no kind of programs. And so you didn't have anything to do. Um, you just kind of just coasted in the facility. I got involved in a lot of the bad things because you didn't have nothing to do. You don't have no nothing to get involved in. Bad things like what? Like gangs? Well, yeah, like um, not necessarily gangs. There's not really gangs in prisons, but like relationships. Women um, are very codependent. So they get involved in relationships or they get involved with like crowds of girls. And that's kind of what I did. I got involved with like a wrong crowd. And then they were, I was getting in trouble and then I was going to the hole and like I was just doing a lot of that. And the hole is solitary confinement. Yes, segregation. And what was that like? When you were in solitary confinement? Oh, it was horrible. Um, it's horrible. It's just like if you're already in a low state of mind, you're in an even lower state of mind because you're locked away from everybody. And it, it is. It's horrible. And I just kept in and out of there, in and out of there, in and out of there. And so the hope that I already didn't have, it, it got even worse. And so then I was like, I can't live like this. I can't keep living like this. And so I had to change my thought process and nobody was helping me change it like mm. like amber you know she has a mentor she, i can help her what can we do to work on you and i didn't have that but you, you don't skip over too quickly something that you were answering for elaine tassie yeah. which is there was a point of what acceptance was that the something's changed yeah something changed and it was recent it was actually pretty recent and that was because um it was actually really recent and that was like probably about maybe two and a half years ago what changed and that was I got involved in prison programs and I got involved in the mentoring program that I am that I'm in I got involved in running that program with the three girls we started that program up that started first I got involved in another program called voices um, voices is a AR policy review program and that's where we work with administrative head, head and we review policy and we try to change policy within the prison system. Like what's something you've changed? Um, so before we couldn't get glasses sent in from the streets, we only had to have glasses. Like eyewear? Eyewear, yeah. Okay. So we could only get state-issued glasses. Like prison only issues you like a just a, a regular generic type glasses ugly yes uh-huh and so so now you're able to pick the frames that you would feel from more your family wearing. and they can send it in well, well what's the, what's the difference about having nice looking eyewear just, can you just speak to that yeah like absolutely like wouldn't you rather have the kind of glasses you choose and then having just the generic pair of glasses you want something that you can have from the street something that's nice something that looks good something that feels good and something that f reflects who you are yeah exactly. absolutely your personality mm -hmm. and so does that make you feel better because i'm noticing that you both also have on eyeliner oh, and mm -hmm. first of all where do you get it and second of all i'm checking the commissary list as we speak <laughs> oh yeah do they yeah, have that's that on, on there, there? That's on you can get eyeliner in the commissary yes. yeah you can. and so nobody is gonna necessarily or maybe they do um do people compliment you because you look you yeah. know like you put on makeup today absolutely um so I'm one that doesn't wear makeup at all I do this for special occasions for guests wait this is in. for us yes oh absolutely. thank you yes. ask ask <laughs> Cynthia I usually I never wear my hair down so I wore it down for y'all today 
that's a special occasion too. So when I wear my hair down and my makeup, I feel better. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? But yeah, you can buy makeup on catalog and that comes once a month. So But if you said that you feel better when you have your hair down and your makeup on, then why don't you do it all the time rather than just when people like us are coming? So here's okay, it's gonna sound totally weird, but so when I have my hair down, people are always like, Oh, your hair is so Oh, they, they touch you and they pet you? Exactly. And I'm like, don't touch me. Mm. <laughs> don't put your hands in my hair. Because then it's like really weird weird juju getting in my hair. I'm like, now i got to go watch out. <laughs> Who are you telling, girl? Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, I hate it when people touch I'm me like, and, put, and touch my oh hair. Oh, my God. And oh they my. ask me and questions like, about I, it. And yes. One time I remember I was... On a reporting assignment when I worked at the Albuquerque Journal, I was at the state fair, and this man literally came up to me, and he puts his whole hand, he buries it, and he, like, grabs my hair. He's like, I never felt this kind of hair before. I want to see what it feels like. And I felt so violated. Yes, and it's like, if I don't know you, do not touch me, Period. What about you, Cynthia? Do you like it when people notice that you have on makeup? Um, I always wear makeup. I get ready. She never leaves the house without it. Yeah, like I always get ready. I always comb my hair and wear my makeup. So that's just something that I've always done. I've done that my entire life ever since I was 15, 13, 14, 15 years old, ever since I could. I was old enough to know what eyeliner and eyeshadow was. You know, that's just part of who I am. And I think that that's one thing that I try to instill in people. Like, do what makes you feel beautiful. Do what makes you feel good. And um, that's just part of self-esteem. What makes you feel good on the outside is going to make you feel good on the inside. So where do you apply your makeup? Oh, so, well, I live in Unit 2. Unit 2 is an incentive unit. and um, Meaning it's like a reward to be there? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I was going to, let me break that down for you so everybody kind of knows. <laughs> so yeah. everybody kind of knows. Um, Every place has its lingo, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, it's if you stay out of trouble, if you remain right up free. You don't get sent to solitary. Yeah, you don't get sent to solitary. Um, you can put in an application to live in the incentive unit. The incentive unit has extra perks in it. We have washers and dryers. And we don't have to send our laundry to the facility wash, which is you, you don't want to do that. Cause, At all. No, because that means you don't have to send your clothes in with, with the facility. Everybody's, everybody's washed up. washed together. So. And so we have washers and dryers. We have a vending machine. Um, we have exercise equipment. We have um, vanities, which I love. And that's where I talk about is where I get ready. We have vanities, which have real mirrors, and we have lights that light up. And so you can get ready in front of that. And that's what I get ready in front of every day. And I love it. And we have real mirrors, actually, in our unit that we that's our full mirrors that we could see. And, like, nobody else has that. Nobody else has vanities. Nobody else has real mirrors and that's a, a privilege and they say that is a privilege in here you cannot have that in any any other unit hmm. in the facility and so, so when you look at yourself in the mirror what do you see um I'm confident I hate that I'm aging I hate that but I know it's just a part of life and um I'm just trying to accept that but other than that like I'm pretty confident I try hard to just be a better person and to just 
accept change in life and that um, my life is actually getting better. And um, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. How old are you now? 44. I'll be 44 on Tuesday. Oh, and happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, happy <laughs> Have you noticed that you that you look any different than you did when you first got here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have pictures, so I look a lot, lot different. Um, but I fluctuated in weight a lot. Like, I used to be real heavy when I was young. When I was on the streets, I was real, real heavy. Like, I weighed, like, 250 pounds. So I've done a lot of, like, weight loss throughout the years. And so um, I've struggled with self-esteem a lot. And so that's, like, one thing I, I talk to a lot about with the people that I mentor. So, like, I've been through a lot in life, you know, so I'm able to speak through to them through a lot of things and stuff. So Should we wrap up with having them ask us questions? Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. What other questions so, do you guys have um, for one us? One question I would, would want to ask, um, and we can all ask this as we go around the table. Um, <laughs> what is a legacy that you would like to leave behind in your work? That's, like, the perfect ending question. Mm -hmm. So thank you for yeah, making radio absolutely. with us. Do you want to go first, or I kind of have an answer you, already. If you have an answer, I want to hear yours. Yeah, mine is, and it kind of relates to the whole prison system, I feel like back in the 90s, like in 1994, I interviewed this man who, he lived in a house and everything, and the house caught on fire and burned. And so he had been living out of his car because he hadn't been able to find another place to live, and he had some mental health deficits that made him you know, just kind of not quite able to work and everything like that and rebuild his life. Mm. So when I found out about him, he had heard that there was this mobile home that was owned by the county and the, he had offered to do some work in exchange for the mobile home. And so the problem was that he didn't have money to get the mobile home moved to his property so that he could start living in it. So I wrote an article about his plight and all the people who read it were like, oh, I wanna help this guy. And so this crane moving company contacted me and said, we'd like to move the mobile home at you know our cost. And then readers called in and said, we wanna send you know 20 bucks or 40 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever. And so, so many people sent in so much money that there was enough to move him. Oh. And then on top of that, people offered like windows, they offered sidewalks, they offered clothes. And so just like being able to see his life change because of something that I happened to hear about and then write about, that was like probably one of the best experiences for me as a journalist. And I would love to be able to top that somehow, <laughs> like, like even a better one. And I don't know what that would look like. Maybe like like, I think if I were able to find somebody who had been wrongfully incarcerated and then write about them and then that turn into an opportunity for people to hear about it and then maybe a lawyer would get involved or maybe the Innocence Project and then eventually they would get out, I think that would be like a great legacy to leave behind. That's nice. What yeah. about you, Ryan? Oh, I'm stuck on the image of the crane moving the... The oh. home is so lovely. He said it was like Christmas in July oh. when they moved in. It was something I'll never forget. I guess for me, I love learning myself. And then the notion that I might teach someone something is about as profound a feeling as I can imagine. And so I hope that my legacy is that I was able to teach people about Colorado. You know, because I think that this show has a sense of place. I think it clues people into the politics of where they live, the geography and the history of where they live. So when I die, I'd love to know that there are 
perhaps tens of thousands of people or more who have learned something because of the work I do. And you know we're going to flip this question on you. <laughs> exactly. What legacy do you want to leave behind? Cynthia, why don't you go first? Okay, sure. Um, well, I think once upon a time I did think that this was it for me, that I would just live and die in prison. Um, I don't like to think like that anymore because I have to live with hope in my heart and I have to think outside of here. Um, so I do know, though, that prison will always be a part of my life. And what I mean by that is I see myself outside of here one day. So I hope for that. And I pray for that. And um, I want to come back and help people reintegrate back into society, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Um and I just always want to continue helping people because it's just hard. It's hard um, just being a better person out there. It, there's just so many people who struggle because I have done these 25 years and it, I have done the same 25 years with the same people. And it's not because they've had the same sense I've had. It's because they struggle being out there. They come back. It's, they re- come it's back. recidivism. Yeah. They so you've seen back. people get oh. sent home and then turn around yeah. and come back? Yeah, they come back. Wow. And so obviously, like, something's going on out there, and I just want to be the person who gets out there and helps those people out so that they don't keep coming back. You know, do I always want to be a part of radio now? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You know, in any way, shape, or form that I can, you know, I want to learn everything I can in, in here. And, you know, and, and I just, you know, I want this to change my life. And I definitely mm-hmm. want to leave my mark. So, yeah. Amber, yeah. what's your legacy? What do you want it to be? Um, oh, yeah. uh, so I would like it to be, um, after I'm done with this prison sentence, Uh, Like Cynthia said, it will always be a part of my life, and I would like to carry on helping the women transition from prison to the streets and helping them better their lives so that we don't see that recidivism back in here because I I hate seeing that. I hate seeing them come back here, and a lot of them I know coming back and back back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you thought you had said goodbye to them for good. Yeah, I, t- I always tell them. And it sounds like you were rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I, I, I always give them a hug, goodbye, and I say, I don't want to see you back here. And they're like, I'm not coming back, I'm not coming back. Four years later, they're back again. Hmm. You know, I understand it's hard out there, it's hard. When they come back, is it for the same crime that they had done or a new um, crime? It's, it's different because they're out on parole, and it's like multiple parole violations or running while you're on parole escape you know so it's just they can't take it or they have no support out there at all so I'm hearing that you both want to leave the same legacy which is reducing the frequency of people having to come back here and serving people who have been through the system as you have yeah, absolutely, because, you know, when I leave, and I will leave, I don't want to see anybody come back here, you know? Including yourself. I won't be back here. I promise you that. What do you think it's going to be like when you have to say goodbye to your mentor? 
Cynthia. <laughs> That's going to be so hard. We spend It'll be a hard. lot of time together, yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time up here, and when I have to say goodbye to her, that's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard. Well, I'm sorry to say that we have to say goodbye to you for now, but yes. I'm so grateful. Me too. This has been such a wonderful conversation, <laughs> yes. and what I think I like the best about it is that we as women got a chance to realize how many things we have in common as far yes. as body image and as far yes. as not liking people touching our hair. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, things that you're feeling inside here, I'm feeling outside there. And it's just like we're all part of the same world. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Amber Pierce and Cynthia Gonzalez of Inside Wire, Colorado Prison Radio. It's a new and first of its kind statewide prison radio network. Inmates hear it on TVs, and the general public can download the Inside Wire app to tune in. CPR's Elaine Tassie co-hosted and produced today's show. She also wrote an essay about our time at Denver Women's, which you can read at CPR.org. See photos there by Hart Van Denberg. Our audio engineer is Pete Kramer, and I'm Ryan Warner. We'll leave you with a song Gonzalez and Pierce helped produce in their studio, I Just Can't Love Anymore by fellow residents Stacy Cordova and Paulette Joyce. I just can't love anymore Can't seem to rekindle this feeling Consumed with fire without a flame In a world full of love it's not enough It keeps on knocking at my door Love has left me, emptiness has me, no tears inside, no tears fall from my eyes, desire screams. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News and KRCC. Don't test me, don't question me, love has gone away.